Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the rest of the NBA season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available to available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. It is the Arizona Cardinals-centric specific show. I am one of your co-hosts. I am Javon J. Love Adams. And with me, as always, is Ed Easy Smith. He played professional baseball, and he also played in the National Football League. What is important, if you know, you know, for those people that got pensions and all that good stuff, he is vested. That's important, man. How you doing? Man, I'm doing good. A little better than the Cardinals are right now. Man, okay. So this is this is one of those uh, this is one of those shows that the Cardinals. If when you get blowouts, it's easy, it's it's easy to talk about a blowout. When you get blown out, it's easy to talk about getting blown out. And some of those topics just come up and they rear their ugly head. Uh, sometimes they rear their beautiful head if it's a if it's a blowout in your favor. The good thing is the good the good news. If there's any good news, the Cardinals are. Are ten and four. They are first in the NFC West. They are fourth in the playoff picture. The bad news is that they have falling. They're falling down. They were a spot higher than they were. They were. They have for the last two weeks had the opportunity to solidify. Or those early, a couple of weeks ago, the Cardinals put their the playoff tickets on sale, and so they can make a so they can stop sweating about did we put that out too early? Did we did we jinx ourselves and all that type of stuff? So this show this week, what we're going to talk about, of course, is the recap of that debacle in uh, and for the Lions, how the get get your thoughts Ed, about the the psyche of the team. Um, we thought that at the bye week, it was going to be uh, the coach was going to be was going to be on the hot seat, and maybe that would be the time where they would press the eject button. Will that now be after this uh, seventeen week season? We don't know. So that's the and then of course looking ahead to a very important game with the uh, on Christmas Day, a short week as they say, against the Indianapolis Colts as the Colts come to uh, come here to Arizona to play the the uh, the Arizona Cardinals here. And it's interesting. I wonder if they have a running game. So let's get into it. So, hey, so the the final score was thirty to twelve. We both thought that the Arizona Cardinals were going to emerge victorious. I thought it was going to be seven point seven point victory. I thought that because the the Lions as has been the the phrase that's been trotted out over and over again. They they're playing hard. They're not giving up. And you can tell when a team gives up uh, on their coach or on the system or on the season, they're still, they, they still seem to be focusing at least on trying to get a W which they did on this last week. And I, I just, I, but I thought that the Cardinals would pull it. There were, we, it, it was just, it was, it was bad. It was just bad from, from the, 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 um, uh, the Lions were whistle. take advantage of the run the 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 run uh, weakness of the Arizona Cardinals defense they were able to take advantage of that the Detroit they had what their 34 34 rushes for 126 yards um 
goodness gracious. I mean, when you look, the turnover turnovers were even. Uh, total yards, 338 to 398 for the Cardinals, but that really doesn't tell the story because if you watch the game, then you just know the, the time of possession, which is very important. 31 minutes and 52 seconds for the Detroit Lions and time of possession, 28.08 for the Cardinals. Looking at this game, take it wherever you want to take it. We got some Rondell Moore is going to – looks like he's getting uh, getting evaluated for for uh, getting MRI done to see if he's going to be out this week. We got injuries that are starting to pile up. How did, recap this game for me, and then we'll get into to not the who's to blame, but some of the, the highlights of those that, that were uh, maybe the spotlight was too big for them. You mean the low lights, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, you bring up the start, the uh, the score at the very beginning. Jay, the Cardinals going over there to Detroit, and they lose 30-12. to 12. I will dare to say this. The game was not even that close. Yeah. That's saying something. Anytime you're talking about an 18-point victory for a one and eleven and a one team against a ten and three team at the time, and several things stood out for me. And I think you remember as we started previewing this game, even on our show uh, Saturday show the other day, I said be aware because the Detroit Lions have nothing to lose. They're going to come out there and they're going to throw a little bit of everything at us. And what they threw at us from the very beginning was their up tempo, meaning they were ready to play, right. and then. You know, they get their first position, they score a field goal. And then what do they do, Jay? They go with onside surprise kick, right? Surprise right. onside kick. Right. And I, I knew that they were setting the tempo. Like I said, they had nothing to lose. They put it all on the line. We went over there like we had nothing to lose either, Jay. Like we had already sealed everything up, and this game didn't mean anything to us. Right. And I'm talking coaches and players. This was a total disappointment for me, every aspect of the game. We got our coach. We got outplayed, we got out hustled, we got out everything in this game. And to say what what we had on the line, that's what makes it so disappointing. If this was a early season game, you're like, well, they just came out a little flat, you know. Man, this is down home. This is on the stretch run, you yeah. know, where everything matters at this point. You know, we got lucky, and Tampa Bay had a they put up a stinker as well. But mm-hmm. you know, for us, we don't have the luxury. I don't think of thinking, well, you know, we'll we'll just put this one in the bag and count it off as, you know, we're not Tom Brady and uh, Bruce Arians and their staff. This is a young team that every single game, every and sometime, you know, from series to series, you know, you can almost take the pulse of this team. Right now, man, this is a wounded, you know, I don't know what. You know, I would say, well, they're wounded. Real quick, I'm going to interrupt you real quick. So you mentioned young team, but aren't they, when we look at the age, this team, some some, uh, some positions were young. But for the most part, they're an older veteran team. So you would you would think that there would be enough, as the word is often thrown, leadership in the locker room yeah. that would have prevented something, a monumental letdown like this. Well, let's talk about You want to talk about leadership, Jay. The body language of Kyler Murray, that's something that you and I every single week sometimes talk about. Mm-hmm. This dude, man, I mean, even, I mean, you, okay, let's let's parallel this. Tom Brady had just as bad a game the other day. And he and was demonstrative. He was yelling. He was, and he was yeah, so yelling. Yeah, that he, he was frustrated, throwing tablets, everything, right? Mm-hmm. Our dude had equally, if not just as bad a game. And, I mean, he was kind of like, eh, you know, all right, you know. And then, mark me, mark me if I'm wrong. He throws the interception to A.J. Green, the one on the outside where the dude make a heck of a play, right? Right. But he's not even over. He's 
running up the field, shrugging his arms and shoulders, basically blaming AJ for not coming back to the ball. Right. Instead yeah. of, hey, maybe I should have put that a little further out in front of him. Or I could have read that cornerback, had a beat on that, and maybe mm-hmm. go to another read or throw the ball away. Instead, right. he's not demonstrative, not demonstrative in terms of trying to get the team, hey, look, we need to he's out there doing a play throwing his hands up to throw basically to show everybody what my fault. He didn't come back to the ball. What are you doing? What are you doing? And for me, Jay, this, this was the epitome of, you know, and I know he's young. I know, you know, I've heard all through the week, well, he must not be healthy, you know, because obviously, you know, he's going through something like, you know what, anybody out there on the field right now, tell me who's not dealing with some type of injury to throw in the boot. He had four weeks off, right? three weeks in a bye week. Four weeks off, comes back five weeks later to play. At this point in time, it's all hands on deck. I'm really disappointed in his approach to the game. Thoroughly disappointed in Kingsbury's approach to this game because he even mentioned it in his press conference. They got out coached. They got out everything. You cannot have that when there's this much on the line. If you can't get these dudes ready to go over there and play against Detroit, and, you know, take this game just like you would any other one, especially yeah. after coming off a loss against the Rams. I mean, if you can't motivate them now, when are you When are you going to be able to motivate them? This, this game, you know, I, we look back all the time at the one that got away with us with Carolina. Yeah. This one is even worse, Jay, because right. we know how much is on the line, and that's the effort we put up. Uh, coaching, players, everybody involved, that was a true stinker. And I saw – Colin Cowherd earlier today, a couple weeks ago, he had the Cardinals as high as one or two on his ranking of the teams. Mm-hmm. In his eye, he dipped them all the way back to nine today. Wow. That's how – all the way back to nine, Jay. Now, you know yeah. – and we talked about this before the game. This was an opportunity. Last week was an opportunity against the Rams to make people believers, right? Right. Now, you've made them believe in something already. You've made them believe that you're not for real after all, just that quickly. Yeah, it along. It's interesting. Again, we we talked about this on our radio show that oftentimes perception becomes reality because you can have a team like, for example, the Forty ers where they'll 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 be under five hundred in the season. Somebody they'll still say, but something about those Forty ers they're gritty. They're they've got it all figured out. I believe in their coaching staff or whatever it is. And then because and I think they've won uh, what five of their last six. So they they're they're yeah. on a good tear in terms of their recency and their their sample size there. And you don't want to play the 49ers. It's interesting the 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 perception of the coach or of the quarterback often shapes what the perception of the team. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of it has to do with style of play too, Jay. Right. The, the Niners right now, they're a team along with Indianapolis who's getting ready to come in here. They are physical. Man. They want to – I mean, it's like they come in, you got your gloves on, bro, they got bare knuckles taped and ready to go. And right. that's the type – at this type of year, Jay, when you're going into late season, like I said, everybody's hurt. Weather becomes a factor. Uh, COVID's a factor. Fatigue's a factor. All these right. things are a factor. These teams, man, that just say, you know what? Hey, it's time to get along. Let's go. Right. I don't see that from the Cardinals. The Cardinals are kind of like, well, if everything is going our way, you know, and we got the, the right dude. Leading us on the field and off, you know, we, when everything is good, we're good. Now, at this stage of the season, Jay, it's not all going to be good. And mm-hmm. I mean, all facets. I mean, this is a situation where maybe just timing of who you're playing. I mentioned 
how the, the, the Lions, this is their, that made their season right there. That yes, made did. their season. They had nothing else to play for other than you call it pride. They've been eliminated from the playoffs for about six, seven, eight weeks already, right? right. But they went out there and played like something actually mattered, and we didn't, and then you see the end result, which is so sad because you and I talked on our show on Saturday about how expectations can go to, like you, you get those early season expectations. We were all would have been satisfied with a team that maybe got into the playoff, but then all of a sudden now you're sitting at 10 and two. Everybody's yeah. been talking about you so glowingly for the last bunch of weeks. What happens now all of a sudden is this team could actually be a Super Bowl contender. This team could be this, could be that. Those ex- expectations rise, but yeah. your play and approach don't. And how disappointing would this season be or will this season be mm-hmm. if after everything, 17 weeks, Jay, you work all that way to get there and boom, just like that, first round, you're going out of the playoffs because they look like a team now that somebody looks at the game plan and figures our weaknesses and attack them. Man, we could be done one and done. And then how, you know, think about this, Jay. Last year we were clowning because at one point they were six and three, finished up eight and eight. Okay, this year you're 10 and two. You do make it into the playoffs, but you bow out just that quickly. How disappointing is that going to be? Right. Now, let's take it a step further. So you mentioned Kingsbury in terms of his play calling. Now, you 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 play the game. You see the game differently. I still have to come and sit and sit and watch a game with you, so I can see how you how you uh, watch a game. But what did you notice? What what stood out to you that about Kingsbury's maybe play calling, maybe the approach, or even Vance Joseph as well? Did you see anything that was really that that really made you frustrated, for lack of a better word? Offensively, just aggressiveness. And I'm not even saying, like, you look at the end stats and Kyler Murray dropped back and threw the ball 41 times. We only ran the ball a total of 21 times in this game. How do you get aggressive, Jay? Like I said, you put your big boy pants on, you go over there, you you basically challenge your offensive line. This is your game from the opening snap. We're going to go out there, we're going to punch them in the mouth, we're going to run the ball up and down the field on these dudes, right? Right. Instead... It was the the Lions who came out, established their running game. Uh, then what happens? They started play action. They did a little bit of this, a little bit of a trickery with the on the surprise on side kick, which, like I said, sets tone. Like, man, you better be prepared for anything in this game. Right. And it was like we were playing, like we were playing uh, uh, passive all the way around. Like, just what's going to happen? We don't. We never put up what I would say an aggressive fight. And match their aggression punch for punch. And before you know it, they had control of this game early. And I, I mentioned it 30 to 12. That's not even representative of how, as, as to how dominant they were in the actual approach to the game. And that's mm-hmm. coaching. That's dudes on the sideline. Like you can tell, Jay, there have been times when I've been on the field and from the first like series, dudes were coming off the field like, man, we got these dudes today. Because really? you can just tell. It's like okay. we, we've come ready to play, and it's almost like they just expected to roll out. You're the 1-11 and, and one Lions, and you guys are just going to lay down because what do you have to play for? We're just going to come here, handle our business, and be on our way, right? And right. all of a sudden you find yourself in a dogfight, and you have two choices, Jay, when you're in those type of dogfights. You've seen this on the playground at one of your schools when you were young, you know, uh, you know 10, 11, 12, 13 years old. The bully and the little the, the kid, the underdog kid, get out there. The bully thinks he's just gonna push this little kid around, right? 
All yeah. of a sudden, a little kid takes one swipe, and there's blood on the on the ground. It's not the not the little kid, and that doubt creeps into the eyes, and all of a sudden, like you don't even want to be there. He doesn't even want to be there. Right. And, and and next thing you know, before you know it, you know my favorite movie, a Christmas a Christmas story. Little Rafferty beat the hell out of that dude. I <laughs> that's, that's, that's exactly what happened. Uh, there on on uh, uh, the other day on Sunday, Cardinals did not come ready to play. Uh, the Lions were like, like I said, they they were they went at it, and they showed they were the. How can you, Jay? How can a one eleven and one team be better than a ten and three team? Meaning, it wasn't even a contest. They were so much better than us. On right. the field, that comes from prep, lack of preparation, lack of fire and desire, and a lack of want to. After you realize you were in a fight, let's hey, let's hey, look everybody on the sideline. There's been dudes walking up and down that sideline ready to kick somebody in the butt because we got to pick this up. All I saw was a whole bunch of dudes sitting around. Man, you know what's going on here, including our franchise quarterback. What's right. going on here? You know, I didn't see any fire from anybody. So you mentioned. A couple times, just in terms of the the you going in and it seems like not taking not taking your taking your opponent too lightly. So where does that responsibility lie? So yes, I, I know that you mentioned some of the play calls. Can calling more more of an aggressive game help to wake your team your team up if you're the coach, or is it you calling the 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 game passively that makes that makes the player say, well? To, to not be as aggressive as they should be. Where, where does the where does the responsibility lie? Just like a lot of things, Jay, we see the end product. The beginning part of the product was the week of preparation, meaning from Tuesday till Friday and even your last walkthrough on Saturday, that opportunity to embed in this team. One, mm-hmm. we can't go over there and take this lightly. And two, I'm not going to tolerate us going out there with a lackadaisical performance, especially after what we came off against the Rams. Man, Kingsbury all through the week should have had his foot halfway up the majority of those dudes' butts. Right. Whereas, look, we need, you know, here's the thing. I was always fearful, but, you know, and I did like, you know, if I get my 20, 25 plays in, you know, I was that was a good week for me. I wasn't a mm-hmm. dude that was playing 60, 65 snaps. Yeah. But I always knew if I went out there with one of those laissez attitudes. I mean, I would be trying to find a job the following week. In this gotcha. situation, Kingsbury, his number one goal should have been, okay, dudes, look, we man, we came out last week, didn't play the way we wanted to against the Rams, but I tell you what we're going to do this week. We're going to be ferocious. We're not hitting the bunch this week, obviously, because we can't go out there, and, but I want everybody intense. I want everybody moving quickly during the week when we're prepping. Run your routes crisp. If you're doing a tackling drill, you know, or just thud or whatever, I want everybody sprinting to the ball. I want everybody doing this. And also, I want everybody being prepared because we know we're going on over there. We have no idea what they are possibly going to do. We're going to be ready to make the adjustments. But when we come out that locker room on Sunday, and this starts on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, Jay, getting the attitude ready and right, that's when you – like I said, you can't all of a sudden have a, you know, half – we can say half-ass practices all through the week, right? Right, and then you get there on Sunday, and the other dude's ready for a dog fight, and you've been kind of just you know all through the week, you know, yeah, it's the it's the line, you know, and then you get out there, and now you want to turn the intensity up, right. and now you want to start coaching them up. Nope, this should have started early in the week, and it's another sign for me. We talked about this last week when he went up against 
the Rams and McVay is a little overmatched. We saw that. Now, once again, in my opinion, he failed the test of having these dudes fired up and ready to go. Now, and I'll say this as well. It's his responsibility, but it's the player's responsibility, the leaders on that team as well. Right. Regardless of everybody should have been in their books and tents ready to go through the week. But once you get there, man, the opening whistle, those dudes should have been ready to fly. And you can tell football is not a game where you can just lollygag into it, bro. Because before you know it, you're taking one of them beatings just like that. When you come out of the locker room, and I'm and I say out of the locker room, but I'm saying even before the game, your mind has to be ready and right. Otherwise, by the time you get there, if you're not, it's, it's already caught up to you, bro. It's hard to catch up when, like I said, when everybody else is when somebody else is playing that much more intensely than you. And that's what I saw from the Cardinals: lack of lack of preparation through the week. And I wasn't, we weren't there in practice, but I right. guarantee I can tell you, in my opinion, what I think happened. You know, everybody's feeling a little sorry for themselves. You know, all right, you know, we got the Lions coming up. You know, we'll run our routes. We'll run them, you know, just to get them done. And, you know, we'll go over there and we'll get our dub. And, and before, like I said, they came out soft and the Lions showed them exactly what can happen to you. I don't care what our record is. Will I play you? Will I coach you? I'll physical you, which, I mean, that's a travesty in itself. And then mm-hmm. come away with that dub. And that's exactly what they did. Well, let's get into what this matchup is going to look like against the against the Indianapolis Colts. But first, say goodbye to dull gifts. Light box lab grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab grown diamonds you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but just are grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off and price so they won't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds. Never a dull moment. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. So I gave you the, the playoff picture for the uh, for for the Arizona Cardinals, but the Indianapolis Colts are eight and six. They are second in the AFC South. They are five. They are fifth in the uh, in the playoff picture with the Chiefs being in the number one spot, the Patriots, the Titans, the Bengals, then the Colts. So, brother Ed. One of the things that we know, we've talked about it even even during the winning streak, that seven and zero start, whatever, that we talked about the the weakness, the the that the soft underbelly of sorts was the rush defense, and we were sometimes we would question and wonder why a team didn't take advantage of of that weakness. We know that the Packers did. We we've seen that. Uh, we saw that. Uh, we saw the when the Rams when they lost to the Rams. Uh, just recently, we saw the Rams try to take advantage of that. Uh, we saw the, the Carolina Panthers take advantage of that. So we've seen teams try to take advantage of that. And I think really as a team that's trying to scratch and claw to make sure that they stay not only in the playoff hunt, but make the playoffs, the Indianapolis Colts, they're known for being a physical a physical team. They are, they're going to run the ball, question mark, right? Bruh, you know, you know, last week, we thought the Lions would be the get-right game for the Cardinals, right? Mm-hmm. This could not have come at a worse time, meaning your next opponent, after losing against the Rams, after losing against the Detroit Lions in the fashion they did, next up, the Indianapolis Colts, coming in here with playoff aspirations of their own, 
coming in after a game up against the New England Patriots, who the week before ran the ball 40-some-odd times themselves, only threw it three times, came away with a victory against the Buffalo Bills, right? Right. The Indianapolis Colts come off a 27-17 win against those said New England Patriots. They threw the ball with Carson Wentz 12 times in the game, right? Right, right. Jonathan Taylor, 29 for a buck 70. Total team, 39 for 226 yards. You know how Salah, I mean, they're looking at the Cardinals, bro. <laughs> like, that, like, man, what's the, what's the, 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 the what, what Mr. T said? You know, what's your prediction for this game? Pain. 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 <laughs> I mean, if they came in here with any other game plan other than, and I know Carson Wentz sometimes, man, I, the other day I'm watching him. I'm like, is he trying to, he, I think he was undercover. He was like a spy for the New England Patriots because he kept trying to get that game back to the Patriots. <laughs> he only threw the ball 12 times, bro. And three or four of those, I'm like, who the hell is he looking at? <laughs> I mean, they got the white jerseys on, right? I mean, I'm like, okay. All right. So with that being said, the Indianapolis Colts are coming in here with a game plan that's going to include running the ball as much as they can, effectively as they can, mm-hmm. and then just after what they saw, what Detroit did to us, they'll sprinkle in a little play action here and there, keep it simple for Carson. And then that defense they have, bruh, is, is going to get after it. And, yeah. I mean, this is this could be total just I – mean, couldn't it be a, a worse opponent coming up for the Cardinals in this game? And this is one of those, you better show me better than you can tell me this week. Ooh. I don't want to hear what anything coming out of the locker room. Now, all of a sudden, you know, people are going to want to talk about, you know, yeah, we got something to prove that. Nah, just shut up and go out there and play at this point. Because you put yourself in this position now where now the Rams are only breathing down your back in the division. You've fallen to fourth in for a seeding in the NFC, where just a short week or so ago you had the number one seed. I'm telling you, man, this game right here could be a whole lot of trouble for the Cardinals. And just say by some happenstance they come out here and lay another egg or they allow Indy to come in here and take this game from them. We talked about it last week, how much doubt starts to Ooh. roll through minds. And, you know, then the finger pointing and our – our franchise quarterback, he doesn't want to take responsibility for everything. It's not his fault. Everybody else is in living up to his standard. And like I said, this ship that seemed like it was floating on air, not even on the water, seemed like we were a couple of feet above the, even getting our, our bow wet, right? Just right. think how much uh, it could take on if we allow India to come in here and embarrass us or beat up on us. I mean, you're talking about, you know, dudes – jumping off the side of it and stuff like that. Every man for himself. Because that's huh. the type of stuff that happens when these type of crumbles start to happen. Now, you mentioned in terms of we, we know what the, what we anticipate what, what Indianapolis is going to do, what, they, what they've done all season. Watching that game on Sunday with the Cardinals, the man, five, five, uh, five sacks first week, had a, shown up once or maybe twice the rest of the season so far. He has to show up, right? I mean, he's just – it's almost as – the best players get double teamed, right? The best players get double teamed, but they find a way to 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 counter that or to be still be effective and get and to be able to help their team. 
Am I off base on that? And of Man, course, we're talking is, about Chandler Jones. That is such a great point, Jay, because if you look around the league and, you know, I'm, I'm one of those dudes, I watch all the games and I, you know, I, I key in on certain things. And you watch like a Charger game or uh, let's say a, um, a Saints game or even a San Francisco game, those names continue to come up. Bosa. Yeah. Um, and, uh, over in um, New Orleans, my man was getting after um, Brady all week, uh, all game. Um, I know you're talking about the name escapes me when I got Yeah, yeah. But you look at certain dudes and you're like, well, I'm sure they're doubling, triple teaming them. But every time I turn around, it's like, damn, are there two bosses out there? Or, you know, <laughs> they're like, but, but you look up and, like, they're getting after it. I'm not quite seeing that extra motor from Chandler. And I'm not sure whether it's scheme where Vance is not creating more opportunity for him, gotcha. or maybe he's just accepting the fact that I can only beat so many double teams. And, you know, that man is, he's better than this. Like I said, after the five sack game, I know everybody jumped on board and the channel's going to have 125 sacks this year. We all knew that wasn't going to be the case, but right. I would have really expected after that type of performance, I don't care if the double or triple team to you, there's always opportunity. It seems like there's always opportunity out there for these dudes that have these big names. They create it, you know, and I don't know what's going on where he's just kind of gotten really, really quiet. Like you said, there are games when you're like, did he even play this week? I don't know. Yeah, I think he did. I see he had a couple tackles, but I'm not seeing what I'm seeing from some of these other uh, teams and their star defensive ends and, and stuff, uh, stuff like that. And like I said, I'm not sure whether it's scheme or – if his motor is not moving as fast as we would like sometimes. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I couldn't tell you, quite tell you, Jay, but you that's a great point that you bring up. You know, where is he sometime? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. No, and where is – I think at one point in the season, again, it was the, the, first, the first eight games, first eight, nine games, the Cardinals weren't labeled that, – that finesse label seemed to have been – started to be erased a little bit. Because they were, because Connor, James Connor, they were running the ball a little, running it more. And especially even though they went, I mean, they went two, when I say even though, they went two and one when Kyler was out, right? And they were running the ball more and even doing something, being more physical, it seems. Um, With Hudson, I think he was, uh, he didn't play last week, I want to say, or he played very limited. With Hudson, the center, is 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 that the key to to being phys, to being physical? Uh, you know, a great uh, offensive lineman like himself being a center, or is that just going to what you said earlier in the podcast with play calling and being more aggressive in what you're doing on the when with uh, with Cliff Kingsbury calling these plays? I would, you know, I don't necessarily think one player. I know Hudson's obviously he's the anchor of that offensive line, and he can bring sometime a mentality, but. I just don't like I said something is wrong with this play calling and approach to the game, Jay. Earlier in the season, I kind of got a feeling like we were going in the right direction. Meaning, and here I will say this much: I think sometimes we get lost in the fact, especially when Kyler was having the early success, he can make an offensive line that might not quite have the talent, okay, and maybe not doing the greatest of job. He can make them look like they are, though because mm-hmm. of his escapability. And then, you know, because, you know, a lot of quarterbacks would not, would be racking up the sacks and, you know, and different things like that. So maybe we were full, it was fool's gold to, to early in the season because we're looking at the, just the stats and we're kind of like, 
mesmerized by the fact that they, you know, they've done this, they've done that. In reality, man, you're like you're aggressive. Your offense, that's a mentality. You, gotcha. you, you know, when you have a bunch of like, you'll hear people talk about certain offensive line line groups, and they're like, man, those are that's a bunch of maulers. Mm-hmm. And those are the dudes that defensive lines will like. You know, you're looking across, and you see them five dudes. Them five big uglies <laughs> coming up to the line, man. It's like, oh, bruh, it is. It's like going up against a biker gang, bruh. I mean, right. you just know. You ever, you know, you see them, watch them shows all the time, and you just know these dudes are gonna get after it, and it's gonna be ugly. And I don't, I never get that sense from our offensive line. Like these are a bunch of maulers. Now, what I say, we've gotten away with a few things because Kyle's made it look pretty good from time to time. I, the other part of it is. It is the mentality of your head coach, too. I was on right. teams where we knew, hey, we're coming out, and before we do anything, we're establishing this line of scrimmers. We're going to let them know this is going to be 60 minutes of hand-to-hand combat. And then from there, you you know build it all out. I'm not seeing that from Kingsbury or the units. I'm seeing okay. a bunch of dudes out there catching blocks, not delivering mm-hmm. blocks, mm-hmm. you know, and, and – you know, it, it's just, like I said, I, I don't want to poo-poo on a 10 and 14, but, you know, it, it doesn't look really good right now. So as we look at this game, so as we're looking at this this game, this Christmas game, will will there be coal in the stocking or will there will there be some uh, wonderful gifts for the Arizona Cardinal, for the Bird Gang faithful in this one? What are, you, what are you looking at for this one? See, I'm not trying to be that dude that's getting caught up in the moment. I mean, what, what just happened – last week against Detroit. But if I'm looking at this game and just squaring these two teams up, looking at the trajectory that both are going and also what both have at stake, Mm -hmm. I'm looking at a team and the Colts who they kind of know their identity right now. They're going to come in here and, I mean, straight Mike Tyson, bro. They're going to be coming out swinging for the fences, meaning they're going to try to hit us in the mouth with that ground game. Everything else can go out the door. Can we match their intensity and also the physicality of the, the Indianapolis Colts right now? I would say, I would dare to say no. Not after what I've seen the last couple of weeks. You already saw what the Rams did coming in here. They don't yeah. quite have the offensive firepower and definitely have the quarterback. Would they, could they come in here and run the ball 25, 30 times for 160, 170 yards? And here's the other thing. They're a team that's not going to give up on it either. They yeah. were battling against the the the, the the, the um, uh, Patriots, we all know Bill's M.O. Bill's going to take your number one thing, your number one thing you do best, away from him. Away from mm-hmm. him. He couldn't even do that because they kept after it. And in the end, you know, they popped that one big and stuff like that. But that's because they kept hammering away, bro. It's like that tree with the axe. You just right. keep hitting it, hitting it, hitting it. Eventually that sucker, I don't care how big it is, is going to fall. Now, our, our our trunk might not be that big, bro. They might come in here. They might come in here with three or four chops, and boom. And I guarantee you, they're gonna take some swings with that axe. I just don't know if we have the ability to match them. I, you know, I'm not sure if you want to give my want me to give you my pick right now. Sure. I, do, I do not see this one going in the Cardinals' favor. I really don't. It's hard to to get that, I guess that mentality just overnight. Right. And what I've seen the last couple of weeks. As a team that's reeling, and a team that their head coach, you better try to figure this out because these these late season crumbles. And I don't want everybody, mm. oh, 
Kyler must be hurt because, man, bro, he had four weeks off uh, lounging and watching football from the sideline. Unless that ankle, somebody had broke it and twisted it off and then had to put it back on, I don't want to hear those excuses because he looked healthy enough to be out there. It's time for him, not just physically, but mentally and leadership-wise, to take this team and get them to where they need to be. Otherwise, I'm, you know, like I said, we'll be right back where we started before. All right. So it, it's, uh, I think the the Cardinals, if they have a chance in this one, they need to 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 do the opposite of what you say that the the uh, the Colts will do. Man, they're going to have to get in the lead, about a ten point lead. So get a fast start. This might yeah. be one of those games where, as you mentioned, you mentioned a couple of times recently that a, uh, a, a special teams play to be able to really try to maybe flip the field to, yeah. to do some damage because then that will then that will hopefully make the Colts have to throw the ball, and so therefore the Cardinals' weakness that rush defense isn't going to be at such a li- be such a liability. Mm-hmm. But I, I I think that's easier said than done. The, the I think the crowd if they don't get, come out with a fast start, I think the crowd. I don't want to say turn, but I think they'll be quiet. They'll probably sit on their hands a little bit more than they should instead of being that, uh, that, that boost or that, that little bit of extra bit of adrenaline. So I think that the Cardinals will fall short as well. Um, I think it might get ugly, man. Uh, if, especially if, if, if you, you feel so, um, um, not depleted, but you feel so, so defeated if they continue to run the ball like that Marshawn Lynch over and over and over and over yeah. and over. You know, it's it might be that we talk about the bend don't break. They might just break that game, and so then then you're really in a tailspin. And one of the things that I, you know, when the Lions kind of jumped up on top of us, right? It was almost like we went into panic mode really early in terms of abandoning abandoning our even just thoughts of running the ball and maybe establishing. We just all of a sudden we hit the eject button on that part of our game so quickly. And the Colts, I don't expect them to, like, jump out big. But they're so consistent with what they do. If we allow them to run the ball up and down the field, score a couple of times, then all of a sudden we – it's like we got to match them. We got we to do it. It's like we got to score 15 points on one drive. You can't right. do that. Right. And, you know, like I said, I have a, a fear that, you know, you look up and all of a sudden you're down 10 nothing, 13 nothing, and then we just go in a straight panic mode where we got to score – Every single drive, we got to score 20 points on one drive, and that could be deadly for the Cardinals. All right. So that is how we do it. So we both have the, the Cardinals falling short, and if that is the case, oh, goodness gracious, it's going yeah. to be interesting. So on behalf hey, of the one – Do you have a final score? Oh, let's see. I'll give you, I'll give you mine first. I'll, let me see. Let me think on this. I'm looking at a – Oh. Because we might Rondell Moore, we don't know yeah. if he's going to be out. And twenty-four to seventeen, Colts. I was thinking twenty-four ten. I'll give him the extra late score, but yeah, I just I, I don't have a. And maybe like I said, maybe they'll prove us again wrong again once again, Jay. But I said I just don't feel good about this. I hope we are wrong. I hope we are wrong. So on behalf of the one and only Ed Easy Smith, I am Javon J. Love Adams, and as always, we have been presented by Bet Online. And as we always like to say around this time. Are you kidding? You better start making making us believe again, Cardinals. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.